You're listening to episode 155 of the SBP podcast, Mobile Filmmaking, and I'm your host, Susie Botello. Who's here? Well, let's see. Jason Rivera is here. Levi Austin Morris is here. Uh, Joey Min and Ryan McDonald. They're all here. Let's make a film together. Is it art or is it science? Well, it's a little bit of both. And that's the topic that I want to discuss with our panelists today for Fade In to Film. Our panelists are here today. We're going to discuss this topic and how mobile filmmaking plays into this decision. And do you have more freedom to be creative, to be more of an artist when you're making a movie with a smartphone as opposed to traditional conventional filmmaking as an indie filmmaker without using a smartphone? What happens with funding? What happens to your budget? And what I consider the most important part, what happens to the story? And I'm sure that our friends on the panel will come up with some things that I haven't even yet even considered. We're going to have a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and let's get into it. And let's talk to our panelists who are standing by. We are Fade Into Film. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing good, yeah. I thought that was yeah. for the listeners. <laughs> I didn't know that was for no, us. No, that was for you. That was for everybody. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yes. Uh, Levi's in the house, and Joey, Jason, Ryan, and uh, and you, our listeners, you're in the house. Welcome back to another episode of Fade Into Film. Um Erica E.T. Taylor is not here. She's. Uh, we want to congratulate her. Uh, she's got uh, some great news. Um, she's got some new projects coming along, and uh, she's, <laughs> she's got to deal with all that. So we just want to go congratulate her and, uh, and ask. I know she's listening. So E.T., congratulations. Stay in touch. Woo! Love you, E.T. Go, go E.T. <laughs> Um, all right, guys. So, um, as you know, our topic is about uh, product versus film, and we're going to talk about that in a minute here. But first, I also wanted to check in with uh, with you guys if anyone wants to jump in and give us an update on something that we should all know. Uh, that would be great. I, I do want to congratulate Joey on winning all the HBO awards. <laughs> <laughs> it looked rigged. Nice. I swear to God, it looked rigged. <laughs> wow. uh, that happened Congrats, this Joey. weekend, huh? No, actually, that was like last November, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's you just did. like, you know, we were just. But it feels like, good still. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you did. Um, you did share also with us. Uh, during our last episode mm-hmm. um, or a last session, yes, that um, you have this thing coming up and you didn't have all the details. Did you get any more details from that? Oh my that? god, I should just really ask Steph in the other room. <laughs> but yeah, like I, well, I'll, I'll look it up during the entire time we're, we're 
No, no, no. It's <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. You know what we'll do? We'll add yeah. that link again for your newsletter. Okay. How's Thank that? You. Thank you so you're, much. You're very welcome. <laughs> you know what? I actually uh, do have some news. We have a newsletter as well. We'll send you a newsletter as soon as each episode is published. Um, so, um, so I just wanted to share that. Levi, you, you I were do, here yeah. last time, so you've got some stuff I, to share. I do. I have some news. Um, so I, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, uh, I, Paralysis is in two film festivals. Um, one of them is the Indie Horror Film Festival in Chicago. Um, Yay! And the other one, they still have not technically announced it, so I still can't announce it. Um, (laughs) But I'm going to that one. So I'm going to the one that I can't announce, uh, and then I have friends (laughs) going to the one in Chicago for me. So, yeah. That's That's pretty funny. Yeah. Joey, did you get to see it? Yeah, I did. What did you think? I, 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 like, I loved it. Like, it was, at first, I was kind of confused, because I didn't, like, at first, I was confused in the whole because I wasn't fully paying attention. Like, oh, it's two separate timelines, but at the same, well, like you know, like well, I, I can't. Yeah, I don't want to say it's anything. non-linear. It's non-linear. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. what it is. Yeah, basically. So I was like, yeah. oh, then you know, I picked it. I was like, oh, that's neat. Like everything, like that. That's like a, a really good example of what, like you know, like a good film that you could do on, on a mobile. And and it's like a, and I sat there, I was actually enthralled by it. You know, so yeah, and it's like captivating, huh? You, the, the execution yeah, is like. Amazing! It's awesome. I appreciate that. No problem. Yeah. That, that's. I think horror is hard. Horror and is for, hard, and and it is a slow burn. And I I know that I will be making changes before we go for distribution, just because I cannot sit with something and just let it exist. So, uh, I will right. be making some slight changes eventually. Like self distribution, um, <laughs> or are you you know? Uh, so we we have some contacts uh, through. Uh, I have a friend who has a contact at Amazon, which I, ah, you can nice. also do self. Uh, self-producing on Amazon, and then uh, we have we have a contact at Tubi as well, and then there's ah, a couple nice. of um, there's a couple of uh, horror uh, distributors that have reached out to me, so I have their email if we want to do it that way. But I have mm. also been considering self-distribution. So indie um, film rights, dude. Yeah. Say what? Uh, was it indie film or like film? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh Say my god! I'm so like, I can actually know what you're saying, so I can potentially rights? do it. Is that what it is? The well, the what? Wait, oh, indie I, film rights? Huh? Pardon? Is that what you said? Indie film rights? I believe so. Isn't that the? Sorry, I have heard good things about it. I'm, I'm actually okay. kind of checking that out now too. With like... indie film rights, I'm gonna write this down. Yes, please. I think actually, I just I'll, heard I'll... about this one today too online. Someone yeah. mentioned it. I I'll get information and like sure. just I've been researching. I, and I, for some odd reason, I forgot the name, but like I have everything listed down. Like I'll, I'll send it to you. Like cool, yeah, I'd love that. Um, but we're still a ways off from that because we're waiting to hear back from, I think like thirty-five to forty film festivals still. Most of the festivals Dang. that we, we, yeah, most of the festivals that we would be in would be in October because of um, Halloween. And nice. you know, wow. it's the, the horror mm-hmm. season, so yeah. I cannot awesome. wait till awesome. Halloween. That's great. Yeah. Who here loves Halloween? Oh, it's my favorite Me. holiday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like one big production. Yeah. Oh gosh. It's like it's such a great excuse to just go all out. I mean, you know, special effects, sound effects, 
you know, get dressed up, turn the <laughs> children into zombies, yeah. or whatever, you know, Cinderella, whatever. <laughs> Zombie Cinderella? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's uh, fun to go trick-or-treating again mm-hmm. with yeah. my daughter. And, and you know, if you're all masked up, oh, no, I shouldn't say this, but, I mean. <laughs> uh, but I was going to say, I was going to say, but I shouldn't say it. Uh, that as a grown-up, as an adult, you, if you're all masked up, right, you know, you can get away with trick-or-treating. And, of course, Susie, share it with the children. Susie, share it you, with the children. You, you are able to because of your height. <laughs> all oh. myself and Jason and Ryan are, I don't know about you, uh, Joey, but I know about the three of us are all, like, six foot tall. Like, we cannot get <laughs> yeah. away with that. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've met some 12-year-olds that are you know, sure. six foot tall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, not not to give anyone any crazy ideas, but it is Halloween. Um, I can't believe that's happening so close. You know what also reminds me of Halloween, guys? Hmm. What's up? That's the month that the SBP podcast uh, has its birthday. Oh, oh nice. birthday to yeah. Yeah. So so. Uh, uh, we'll have to talk about that because I think during one of those, uh, we can uh, celebrate it in one of our fade into film sessions because there are two dates, right? So the first podcast episode came out on October fifth, uh, October sixth. Uh, it was really just a test, so and it was very short, and I don't really count it, right? But October 27th was the first official um, podcast episode, you know, with a guest, a long interview and all that stuff. So, mm. you know, it was just literally just before Halloween. Yeah. Um, so anyways. Uh, Sounds any- kind of like uh, my grandmother had two birthdays. I'm oh. not really sure how she worked that oh. out. But. Well, there's conception. Okay. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure if that's what she had in mind, but uh, (laughs) nonetheless, she had two birthdays. Um, Anybody else got anything they want to share? Well, Sophia's, um, her short film, Sister, Sister, Jink, we just received two uh, acceptances this week for different film festivals, one in New York and then also one in Australia. Ooh, that's exciting. Congratulations. Will you be going to Australia? I would love to, um, but I, don't, I think it's going to be an online screener. But they okay, are hosting okay. it out of Australia. But that's oh. awesome! Congratulations! Yeah, congratulations! Still. Yeah, that's awesome! Congratulations, Sophia! My my beautiful favorite little uh, child filmmaker. filmmaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, shall we jump into our our topic? Yeah. Who wants to lead it? it? Levi, since you weren't here last time, how about you lead it? What are your thoughts? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Way to just like pressure. Like. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, how would you like to lead that, though? Um, what are your thoughts on, on this concept of... Um, and the reason why this comes up is uh, during the last episode, we were talking about what is indie film. And this little part of it that was mentioned was commercializing uh, indie films and mm. 
there was a little bit of a, you know, well, should we or should we not? Or wouldn't it be nice to make some money with our indie films? And Mm -hmm. my personal, uh, not industrial, uh, professional (laughs) um, opinion on that is you should plan on on making money with your film just like any artist does with their art um it's i believe it's the concept behind it how you when you're producing that are you thinking about it to make to to make it uh, to commercialize it or not because i think that's what gets in the way of your creativity when you're uh, making your movie, but what do you think, Levi? I mean, I think I I think uh, for myself as a filmmaker, uh, it's everything stems from the story that I'm trying to tell. So um, I'm not really thinking about uh, who I, I and I'm speaking very honestly here. I'm not really thinking mm-hmm. about who is my audience and who is you know like how can I sell this and you know. What I'm thinking about is how can I tell this story in the most honest way for me as the artist? Um, Because I am my audience. Like, I'm making the movies that I wish that I could have seen as a child. You know, I'm I'm making the movies that uh, get me excited or or tell the stories that I wish that I could have seen, you know? Um, And so uh, it's less about the the end game for me. It's more about the process and the storytelling. Um, And so... Uh, and, and obviously like during that process, there is the hope that people like it. They appreciate the work. They, the work resonates with them. Um, and that it will be seen by a a large audience. Um, and, but, but it, it really for me is about, um, telling the story that I want to tell. That makes a lot, that makes a lot of sense, of course, but um, on just from my perspective, you your your audience being yourself, you're representing your audience, right? In a yeah, way. yeah. I mean, in, in absolutely. Like there are other people who are like me, you know. Like there are other yeah. people who have similar interests as me, and so ultimately, um, my film will find an audience, you know, or my films will find an audience. Um, it's just a matter of those like. I mean, it's it's such a complicated thing that that be the the creative side and then the business side, um, mm-hmm. and and how like it uses very different sides of your brain, um, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. So I, I find I'm still uh, learning the business side. Uh, I'm still not fantastic at the business side. I'm getting better at the business side, but um, it is something that is a process as well. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, all right. Who wants to speak up next? I don't know. Oftentimes, my my films tend to be kind of vulgar um, or kind of crude. But and so I'm in Utah, and so it's, I could very easily make a movie and sell it that would be centered more around like the conservative religious group that's prominent in Utah, um, and it could be some kind of PG romantic comedy, um, very well lit movie. And, but it's not really anything I would want to, but like artistically, it's not something I'd be interested in doing. And there's been other times where we've done my, my, my film group and I, we've put together horror films that again are kind of crude and, um, and, uh, oftentimes we'll be sitting in the theater and I'm kind of like, man, I really think this is funny because we make like horror comedy. 
and I'll think that it's really funny and nobody else is laughing, but maybe like four people in the, in the audience. But then I realized, but those four people, they'll come up and they'll say how they absolutely loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's almost better than having it be where everybody liked it because I was trying to be likable. Yeah. Um, I think it's more rewarding when, cause, cause there's going to be plenty of people who they'll be like, Oh yeah, it was pretty good. But when you have something where some people hate it and some people like love it, the people who love it, they love it. Yeah. Um, so and like you, your, your voice that... is your currency, you yeah. know, like your yes. voice is what is your, your calling card, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, I think all of us need to really embrace our voices as artists, you know? Yeah. So how does that play into, you know, film versus product, uh, Ryan? As far as like having something that's sellable, like, um, like the mindset and the, the the purpose of it, because there there are people that are saying this. You shouldn't just think of your film as a film. You should think of it as your product. Yeah. And you should package it like that from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. I think that so like post production wise, if you're going like okay, well I want it, I want the poster to look like this and. Uh, you know, how are we going to cut together the trailer, things like that. But I think the overall, like the movie that you're making, you should make it as true to, as true to what you feel and not necessarily what placating to what you think that people would like. Um, my movie, when I made Married and Loving It, I kind of already in my mind was like, I don't see this. This isn't going to be an Iron Man global success. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah. for me, it was like, I want to make a movie. Um, I want it to be about this and I want it to have, um, a lot of bad, like foul language in it. Yeah. And, um, and that was kind of my goal. My goal wasn't to, uh, recreate Hollywood and I can't speak for everybody else's film scene, but in Utah it's, there's so many people who are trying to make like a movie that looks like a Hollywood movie that's Mm -hmm. got spies and it's got detectives and it's just, and you can just tell that they're trying to, you know, it looks really good. Like the, like visually, um, they shot it on a red or something like that, but there's, but they suck. Like it's, it's just, you're trying to be James Bond when you're not James Bond. Yeah. So yeah, that's you should my, try to be that's just my take you. on this too, Ryan, that if you're trying to recreate a Hollywood film without a Hollywood film, everything from budget to, um, crew, then it, your special, you're creating effects and, and, and scenes that become kind of cheesy looking. And then you're distracting from, if, especially if you're making a serious film, right? No, yeah, for sure. And and I see a lot of uh, uh, ads sometimes that it'll be like, oh, if you download this digital package, that way I can do, I don't know, it's like CGI blood or, you know, th- just oh, these little yeah. things. And, it's, mm-hmm. and it'll be like, this will really amp it up. And, and some, like you said, if I have Iron Man in it, then it, it looks really bad. And it's almost, you know, bad CGI is, is almost worse than bad sound, you know? Yeah. yeah. Joey. Yeah, I, I definitely totally agree. I think I know within my group, too, like I I have this very big disdain and calling, um, you know, the stuff that we make content, like, you know, granted, you know, being on YouTube, because content just denotes like it's a product, right? It, it's not... It's not my, you know, it's not art anymore when that's really kind of the first main point that I'm kind, you know, what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And especially within like, um, say, um, I guess in, in, in my, um, 
genre of of like you know doing action films or something and it's indie like you said you know like people are trying to do james bond at the same time people are all like in the especially in the indie action sector everybody wants to oh we're like you know we're doing a fan film of marvel we're doing a fan film of of um you know a star wars or any you know multi-billion dollar ip that has been already made like yeah. you know with all these you know research and development so they tack on that name to just get impressions or likes or views in their numbers right like nobody it's kind of hard to find originality now you know in yeah. even in the indie and because- that doesn't mean original not being original doesn't mean that um that what i'm trying to say is like there there is no real right and wrong mm-hmm. in this i'm just trying to sort of dissect the, the yeah. conversation to figure out which but which at, one you right. know because i think the the thing is with with all of um i guess in the era of of algorithm you know algorithm based mm-hmm. media or or like you know like a lot of big business that control like you know that makes all of these big movies a lot of the people now that are going into it haven't seen any of the you know older films that isn't you know from a major ip right so right. it's kind of like the idea like now with people like they want to make an action film it's just always like marvel or whatever or something like that but you know like i said like even you know us us like you know making something like zorro right with with like you know with our our you know mobile film and stuff zorro hasn't been touched in like 30 30 40 years <laughs> you're kind of feeling you know like no one knows who who Zora. Granted, yeah, he's like a superhero thing too. But like you know, it's kind of like it. It still was one of the original caped um, superheroes, right? Mm-hmm. And all I so, think about is Antonio Banderas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Right. <laughs> and um, you know, and and you know, it because it, it's not it's not the C C G like spectacle, you know that that a superhero movie now entails, right? There's no explosions. Yeah. There's no flying. There's no powers and stuff like that. So. You know, and it's uh, especially for the things that we do when we were trying to do this very um, golden era Hong Kong style martial arts action. It kind of needs people that have trained most of their life in martial arts to replicate what we're doing now. Um, obviously, in terms of like action cinema and everything here in America is different. It's like kind of like birthed by cowboys. And they're the ones that got into Hollywood. So a lot of the action scenes that have um history of of american action it's like big brawling you know bar barroom brawls big punch big hits (laughs) kind of thing and it's not that martial artsy fast like specific type of movements that's almost like a dance you know you guys are good uh, thank you thank you but you know but at the same time i guess what i'm saying is that that's not really the mainstream type of action anymore that's like a a very uh, it's a remnant of of the 90s 80s you know maybe even early 2000s right so and yeah, we're still doing put, it if you put suits on you guys on you and mm-hmm. steph when you're doing your you know your martial arts things on mm-hmm. some of those clips that i see it's yes. kind of like the matrix oh yeah of course i mean it's mm. that's Wu Ping. that's like a lot of the hong kong people that came over to america during the Hanover, and they were trying to you know start their uh film career here in america during the early 2000s yeah definitely right yeah so, but yeah it, it's just that i think it's just the algorithm base when 
like all of these big money productions are saying hey this is what makes a big movie this is what makes a good movie it's always has to be wide shot sweeping vistas you know and you don't have like the it doesn't you know no no intimacy like film film noirs back in the day right where it's just mm-hmm. about the person or like the yeah. the situation it's people get skewed and thinking oh what a movie needs is we need drones yeah. we need like super big locations you know like you're never gonna make like a one room uh like film anymore kind of thing you know it's it's, it's kind of weird i made a one house film yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> definitely. Hey, actually, so did Ryan, huh? Oh yeah. Um, well, you, as you're saying, uh, as you're speaking, Joey, I was, I was kind of thinking to myself. I was like, I guess, you know, when you know your audience, though, like once you find an audience, it sounds like you guys have an audience um, yes, that follows you. And I think that you know, you're you're saying algorithm, and I think it's okay to like once you know your audience, like play to your audience. Um, yes. and you know, I made the comment about kind of living in a state where there's Mormonism is like obviously heavily heavy around here. And I mean, it's not to say I wouldn't make one, a movie for them. It's just, if I did, I would just know I'm playing it to them. Yeah. Um, and I think for that's, different reasons. you know, I, I think that's awesome too. I think that, you know, for us to practice filmmaking and we get good enough that we realize, Oh, I probably would like to try a different genre from what I'm used to. And I think that's, perfectly like awesome for the growth of of us being filmmakers right like gotta try something different you put it into your own you know skill set i think that's amazing right jason i don't want to leave you out of this <laughs> thank you uh well obviously my role is quite different than the other guys here but um kind of going back to what levi said um for me also the business brain is quite different than the music making brain mm-hmm. And so once, you know, deal memos and money's exchanged and all that kind of stuff, like, I don't think about that part of it at all. I'm just completely committed to helping the director tell their story. And I'm only thinking about that and what I'm making. Um, So and then, you know, it's like I said, it's kind of two different brains and um beyond that kind of like on a bigger scope to what these these guys here were talking about um i do think it's it's a little bit strange i remember it's it seems like kind of antiquated now to think about the term content it's kind of been around for a while now but i remember first hearing about that and being kind of uncomfortable with it because i started hearing people describe even music as content Mm -hmm. yeah you know and that just felt really weird to me. Yeah, because, uh, because in a way, everything is content. As soon as as soon as you're putting it somewhere, everything that's created, basically, especially for, um, I mean, copy. Uh, you know, when you're writing, when you're this podcast is considered a content. Uh, everything in in from that perspective of what you know, why people are calling something content, especially, I think it became bigger uh, during COVID, during 2020. So many people were uh, going online and seeing what's online. And I think that terminology of content and people who decided they were going to be a content quote unquote creator because they wanted to experiment and had the time to do that. 
um, that became a thing. But filmmakers don't like to be called content creators. Um, a lot of artists, you know, don't like to be called content creators. Musicians like you, Jason, don't like to be called content creators. So it's kind of like this container that we put everybody in. Yeah. It just kind of feels like it's true. Like, like, I, I don't know. I, I like, I feel like, I feel like there's TikToks that are just fun and like, Ooh, look at the cool transition that I can do. Um, and, and it's like, okay, I understand that, but like, you're not like, it's because it's consumer based. It's yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that's what it, that's, I guess that's what we're trying to say. Right. It, it kind of takes away the, the meaning of, of, like, I'm sure any, like everyone, like, on TikTok, everyone learned how to do a match cut. And they're like, oh, my God, this is like the new revolutionary thing. Like, it's, it's a like, match no, no, cut. No, that's, like, that's you're amazing. That's, like, like, yeah. <laughs> like, but, but you know, and it's, it's, um, but that takes away from the the actual uh, depth, I feel like. When, yeah. when it's just aggregated to just like, oh, it's, it's content. It just gives it like a, it's very 1984 newspeak, you know, like, oh, it's, yeah. it's good. It's double good, you know, like. It's the way that's that you say why it. Kind creating, of. That's why this whole thing, you know, is it a film? And I'm using film or is it music, right? But is it a film or is it a product is so tied into the content creation thing because of consumerism. Because you're catering to the consumer with a product. I think. Uh, oh, and ahead. that's where it comes from. I mean, I think I think the end goal of the person is also of the creator, of the person creating it, of the artist or the creator, you know, like um, like my end goal is not to post things on TikTok, TikTok, you know, like my end goal is to have people's butts in the theater seeing my film, um, whereas like like I think a content creator's goal is not so much to um but I don't know because I guess like Joey, you're 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 a creator, like you're 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 a filmmaker, like you're you're right. you know sort of like throwing back to the golden age, you know, of right. of the 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 martial arts films. So I guess like, but you're posting on YouTube, which is also a viable thing, you know, like my first right. features on YouTube. So, um, so I guess I'm I I don't you know it's it's messy. Yeah, and like I think I said, it's okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, know? no, definitely. I think I think for me, I what I learned to do for myself in terms of perspective, I do have an end goal, and the other, like, so if we're just gonna make it two, right? It's either for um, for business or for art, I I do whatever I create has to have a goal of one, and the other is the bonus. So if I make something for myself because I made the movie, but it's somehow it's it's I can I can sell it, then you know then that's the bonus. But I I'm still as a creator I'm fulfilled simply because I made a film that's from my heart or what I wanted yeah. to tell the story. Because literally, like our first uh, feature film as as art school dropouts, I'm literally I'm I'm. I'm dressed in drag and I'm doing kung fu as an old Asian lady. That's the that. whole gist, right? I love it. And you know, I take a, like you know, she takes down the syndicate and all that crazy stuff, right? And we and we did this whole thing where um, trying to sh- uh, it, it was kind of already an inside joke, but we did this whole Kickstarter thing. 
but the movie was already made and the Kickstarter was a joke. It's like, oh yeah, dude, I'm only asking for a dollar. Then literally we released, hey, we actually already made it. Right. Hmm. And then, yep. you know, it was just a, using Kickstarter as a way to just promote the movie. And stuff yeah. Like that. So as a marketing well, that's tool. The other, yeah. That's the other thing. So when you begin with a product, there's, you know, that, that pre-production phase. Mm-hmm. you know of like any product it's like all right this is how we're going to market it and blah 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 you know there's the whole toy thing if you're <laughs> thinking in like hollywood marvel films and things like that there's toys there's like an entire toy industry that comes into the scope of creating that project you know like like barbie you know mm-hmm. um you know, are we going to be selling new Barbies because of this? Let's do it. Let's incorporate this. You know, um, a lot of films are like that. You know, the Minions. You know, all yeah. the all those things are part of the pre-production. But in an indie film, I think part of the pre-production, for the most part, is you know getting funding and things like that. Where you kind of need to sort of see. This is I know this gets complicated you're kind of catering a little bit to some sort of a target because you you do want the funding to create the film, right? I mean, with, with Paralysis, for instance, we did crowdfund for it, um, and we, we broke it up into two. We had the production crowdfunding and then the post-production crowdfunding. Um, and uh, I think that there's a lot of resources out there that can teach you what people actually uh, look for in perks, um, and like things that will personalized things tend to be what people are interested in. So like there is a little bit, it's not really catering your product. It's not cater, like my film is not catered toward a specific audience, but what we posted as perks was definitely catered to, you know, how can, what, what will people actually want to, um, give money for, you know? Um, and, and like, even as you were talking about Barbie, like we, we had our little Haggerty and dolls, um, <laughs> that we made and they're these little plush dolls that we got from the 99 cent store. And then we just made them creepy as hell and people loved them. So we ended up like, like, I think there were like between eight and 15 that we ended up making. So, um, your campaign it, was awesome and so creative though. Yeah, but, I don't but, think a but, lot but, of people do that. But uh, I deep dove into research to figure out um, what would do well in in a campaign so that we could make the funds because I've done I've done other I like I've done Indiegogo I've done Kickstarter and then we did Seed and Spark for my campaign for Paralysis um, and so I, I sort of did a deep dive research to figure out uh, the the most creative and interesting things that we could uh, have for people you know yeah no i think that was uh your campaign was i mean i was so impressed with everything that you guys did but let's just say that somebody doesn't have a crowd campaign campaign they just know some people that would be willing to invest in their films you know are they you know because that's kind of so in in hollywood studios have those people right they invest and that's kind of part of the problem you know, because their film really is 100% a product based on, you know, consumers. And that's going to be the success. And those investors are, you know, looking for that ROI. You know what I'm saying? And they're basing mm-hmm. it, they're basing the ROI on 
the typical traditional things, not not new ways of you know ingenuity towards making films because there's no guarantee in that, and yeah. they don't want to take that risk, which kind of is like, well, then don't invest your money <laughs> yeah. in film, but. You know, it's just a whole different thing. But, um, you know, I just know that there are a lot of CEOs in the film business and things like that that are telling independent filmmakers don't. And I'm not saying that they're wrong. I think there is some justification for this, depending on what you want to get. I just think that psychologically it does affect your process. You know, and I think that it also can put you at risk of the disappointment that comes with, you know, well, I built the product according to what what I was expecting, you know, and then it didn't it didn't turn out that way. And that's why I think that's like a really um, terrible goal to think that I'm making a film as a person that has never practiced film or I'm getting into film. And I'm going to create a film simply because I think that it could sell a lot of money, right? Like it's it's that's just kind of um, unrealistic in terms of goals for the first thing that you want to do, right? And oh, and yeah. I'm sure we've all met people that are like, yeah, I have this film, and I'm putting you know a lot of budget into it, and you look at him like, wow, no one in your production has ever shot a short film before at all or anything, you know. So it's yeah, like, that's kind of like mobile filmmaking. You have a phone, so you're going to make a film. I'm the first one to push you to do that. But right. at the same time, I don't expect someone who's never even made a film to make a mm. film with their phone and say, yeah, I'm going all in, first timer. Right. You know? Like <laughs> the expectations. All the more reason why you practice and use right. the mobile phone. Well, right? I, yeah, I, that's why I call it the fil- first film syndrome, right? When you, like the first time you were like, yeah, I'm going to make a film and somehow you think like everybody thinks that making a movie is easy right for some odd reason because it's art and everybody has already seen a lot of movies in their lives everyone thinks that they could write a book everybody thinks that they could make a movie i don't know i think there's also the opposite where a lot of people are hesitant uh to make a film uh especially when they start i think part of that has to do with social media and going into the groups and the discussions about filmmaking whether you're doing it with a phone or not doesn't matter but it can get really scary when people start discussing the best way the best way to make a film yeah i mean a great film i think what, yeah, like, i think that what that's what like i was saying was you're kind of saying like you know everybody thinks that whatever s- story that happened to them is going to make a fantastic movie um yeah. and that's not always the case either right um right i i've i've met people before who this is um, kind of back to our the very beginning of the conversation, or the, maybe the first topic. Like, there's sometimes I find when I when I say that you know certain people are making like they want to be Hollywood or whatever. What I kind of meant was like it seems like all they're watching is the current content. And I, you hit on this point, Joey. It was like all you're watching is today's content. You're not watching. Uh, very rarely do I see a movie that I didn't like, and it turns out the director has seen you know every movie from. Uh, you know the the hundred and something years most often if someone has been watching silent films and all through the 50s and 60s and they've been watching these movies that, that you know continue to be the best typically they make just a good movie um it's just those people who are stuck watching you know it's like oh what's, what's what movies do you like and then they name something that's just came out last year and it's like uh that's your favorite one huh <laughs> 
Um, and sure. so, uh, but I mean, I'm not going to judge that part. I'm just, I, I'm just your favorite movie of all know. time, though. You know, I, I, I don't know. Like, if I was, if if you make a horror film and someone's like, well, what's the inspiration? And I was to say, well, Evil Dead, you'd be like, oh, that's really cool because you would then gather that I've been watching this for quite a while, right? Sure. You know, but if it was like, what's your inspiration? And I was like, oh, I smile. Yeah. You and, can you can definitely yeah. like see the roots of what the person is saying and why they're saying such like a particular film, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, okay, you know, he understands the history, I guess, what he, you know, why he likes that. Yeah. But I think it's interesting that TikTok is teaching is like, in a way, people are learning the basics of editing and things that like George Malay's had to like figure out on his own. And they're all learning it now. (laughs) (laughs) So actually, you know, funny story. Somebody actually auditioned for one of our, like for a thing that we're doing. They sent us a TikTok lip sync of them doing um i forgot what movie i think it was like um i forgot what film it was it was like a it, it was like a it's One a 90s film but it, yeah but but she like she did this lip sync of 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 a, i don't know whatever like audio file on on tiktok as her audition and i'm like okay she's so like lip so instead of doing a but, monologue but can she, like, you lip, emote can she, like, you, you know what I mean? like <laughs> yeah dude i i was so i was just kind of sitting there i'm like wait no this is a joke right like, uh, like this uh, is a joke so right? it's my face but it's chad nicholson's voice and it's like you can't handle the truth yeah <laughs> it's like they're and they gave us but the funny thing is there was like four more and that's their acting reel yeah, because that's what they called wow. it on TikTok, apparently. But that's the thing TikTok. that's frustrating about that is that there are producers who are like Netflix, for instance, did uh, the remake of uh, She's All That. They did He's All That. Oh, um, yeah. And the lead actress was a TikToker. Um, and so it's just frustrating the amount of people who are getting who are getting these opportunities from TikTok when I'm like, you have no understanding like she, yeah. like to be honest, she's an awful actress. She's an awful actress, and I, I don't feel bad for saying this because that's not her. That that wasn't. She's a TikToker, you know. She's not an right. actor. Like um, I understand, it, like you could match the movements and you could like move your mouth, yeah, like the way that how the person did it. See, but that's, that's that person's I'm acting. Thinking, that's where I'm thinking. It's about the end product. You know what I, I mean? mean? Yes, for 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 Netflix, it is for yeah. for certain studios, it is like it's about. How many like what is a what is a surefire way to get our money back? Um, right. And that's that is why I'm an indie filmmaker is because I I don't care. I'm telling the stories that I want. I don't I'm not going to cater to what you want, you know, um, as a studio head, as a you know. Yeah, I do enjoy that Netflix and even HBO on the other side of that, though, they allowed like Scorsese to make a four hour Irishman movie. Sure. That, sure. Whereas, and the Definitely. same thing with Zack Snyder's like Justice League, what I was mentioning, uh, HBO. So in that way, it kind of takes away the the we've heard before of studios saying no, the movie has to be cut to only two hours or less so that they can play more screenings and things like that, right? Yeah. Throughout, we were we something else. We we're kind of shifting gears here. Something else we were chatting about um, where <clears throat> just Kevin Smith has a story about um, Zach and Mary make a porno. And he was, and he admits that he was trying to make like a Judd Apatow successful film, mm, mm. and and so he even has all the all the uh, main players from Judd Apatow's films, and he had like Seth mm-hmm. Rogen, and um, and so he was like, I was trying to make that Judd Apatow film, and then have the success, the box office success of it, 
but it just it never played out that way and he relates it yeah. to like when you're playing hockey like you don't want to be where the puck is you want to be where the puck's going to be um and i can't Susie said something about that where, where it's kind of like um you know we're if we're trying to make the product that we think the people want versus making the product that we should that we want to make and then yeah. hopefully people like it from there and then you'll see if you look at kevin smith's timeline it's, it's about the moment when he made like a hard shift and just started doing dramatic films for a little bit because i think we're going to overthink it if we're not if we all know what a film is i think if you say to somebody uh, you know you want to make a film right that that's a film uh, if I if I go to somebody and I say I want to make a song, everybody knows what a song is. If I say I want to make a product, automatically you're shifting gears. You're thinking you're thinking business. You're thinking profits. You're thinking packaging. You're thinking, and now you're overthinking. You're overthinking what you're creating, and I feel like you're putting blocks in front of your artistic creative process. Which I think in the end, I think people need the confidence to understand that that is what in the end really sells. And if it doesn't, try it again and keep trying. This isn't, you know, uh, you're not going to die because you have to make, you know, six films before you get to a place where people appreciate what you made, right? Yeah, I relate. Um, sometimes I relate back to because I come from uh, the band world many years ago. I remember trying to write something in our studio in this band that I was in a long time ago. And I was thinking about the end listener. Mm-hmm. And it was like I just wasted like three hours of my time because it was trash. Mm. <laughs> and I never did that again. Yeah. So when I go to write, I'm not thinking about anybody. I'm just thinking, and, and like you said, Susie, thinking about those things put, throws up blocks, you know. So when I'm when I'm writing something, it's trying to f- like toe that line between intellect and inspiration, you know. And in order to for me, in order to have that flowing, I can't be thinking about anything like anybody else or what they think of what I'm doing. Um, it has to just be about finding that flow state. That's kind of what happened to me with with my. You know, when when I write on Substack, you know, and just writing freestyle, I call it freestyle because it's not like when I was writing articles or when I'm writing an article for my podcast or something like that or for my business. It's so different. And I really missed that kind of writing, the, the freestyle writing where I'm just letting it go and letting it flow. Ooh, that should be another T-shirt, huh, Joey? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm just Sounds doing like that, it. and I'm not interrupting myself. And then when I, you know, I don't really proofread it that much because I'm not that concerned about it. And I tend to get uh, sometimes a better reaction from people from mm. that as opposed to the others, which is which is really weird. But I think. You know, we all have an artist inside of us, and I think we don't have the confidence of letting our artistic side supersede because it's like, you know, what you were saying, Levi, there's two brains always, you know, yeah. playing along. And, and to be honest, on the opposite side of what we're discussing right now, I'm actually 
I'm writing my next script. Um, and Jason, I had told you I was, I think I was up to page 73. I'm back down to 68 because I chopped a chunk and because I'm, I'm, I'm struggling because as an indie filmmaker, I'm, I'm acknowledging that some of the things that I'm writing are outside of what I am capable of doing, you know, um, uh, financially, uh, various things. So like, so it is sort of on the opposite side of what we're, what we're discussing, but I do still have limitations. And so I'm struggling right now in writing the script and trying to give you some advice, please. Okay. (laughs) You write your film in the way that you want your story to go and think Steven Spielberg or your your favorite director that that would be making this film is going to make it. Sure. And finish it. When I mean no matter done, what I'm going but, to yeah, but yeah. But then yeah. when you're done with that, then and you're satisfied with that. This is the movie that I would go to the theater, I'm going to put my your butt on the chair type yeah. thing. Now you look at it as Levi and start making that film fit, you know, like, okay, how can I get the resources to make this happen? And then start to trim what you need to trim, not because you think you can't make it, but because you've tried and haven't succeeded at making it that way. I think everybody should write their screenplay and their film and their story with their heart without thinking about because i know that's the advice i used to give that advice don't write a screenplay that you know that you can't make you know forget airplane crashes blah 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 and i think that i was wrong in saying that i'm totally fine with admitting it now i'm saying the opposite write your big film the way that you want to and then go out and try to make that happen and if you can't then you start chopping up things that you really don't need that way I think it's also just intimidating coming off of something like paralysis, which was a very intimate story. And like, it's exactly what I intended it to be. Um, and to go to something that is like this many characters and this big of a, a a project. Um, I'm just, I think I'm just, you know, anyway. Yeah. You can do it, man. You can do it. (laughs) Just finish it. Just finish it. Don't worry about what you can or cannot do. Don't get in your own way. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> That's what all of my friends are telling me, but I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, the it's kind of weird. I think I, I think the opposite. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was cool. just going to uh, quickly say, like, the friendly competition in me when you said that you're, like, at page 75. I was like, God damn it. I was like, I'm only at 72. <laughs> oh, I'm at 68 now, so yeah. you're good. You're good, man. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I chopped it's a chunk. You're, you're ahead. <laughs> but I think, I guess what I was what Susie said, I kind of also have the the opposite outlook with it too, though. I, I, I think. Um, In what regard? Like being, like the idea of like writing to your resources, right? It's also kind of, it's it's one of those things that I, I think I like sometimes for certain projects, I like putting limits on me so I have mm. to think laterally instead of like like instead of me saying like, oh, I just need more money or more resources to do a particular part of my script, I wonder if the the storytelling or 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 you know or like what I can do laterally would be like just the same. Like sometimes it's like maybe I'm just looking at um as that barrier of money as like the only obstacle when it's like 
wait, maybe my story doesn't actually need that. That doesn't it's it doesn't make sense to do that. Well, like, yeah, you, know? you can always do that after. I, I just I just think that you should finish your film. Get the story the out. Yeah. It, your vision. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I'm stuck with right now is that anyway, that's off topic. But yeah. <laughs> not, no, it's awesome. Not that's really. Awesome. It's actually part of this because that's what that's the struggle for all all filmmakers, you know, um, because they're cre- they're they're working around that. And if you start thinking about the product itself as a product as opposed to a film, yeah, I think that kind of kind of gets in the way. It's it's yeah. another it's another obstacle for you in your creative process that we're putting in front of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's interesting. I think we did really good, and we didn't even talk about AI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's great. Um, so, does anybody else have anything that they'd like to add to this? Don't submit auditions of you doing lip syncs from TikTok. <laughs> on, on TikTok. No TikToks as right. Uh, auditions, right? Yeah. Like it's it's. Yeah. I didn't even I don't even know what this girl sounded like. Like this, 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 it's a crazy thing. That's insane. Yeah, it's like the talkies before the talkies or something, right? Yeah, <laughs> the talkies before the talkies. There's another T-shirt just coming out with a bunch of T-shirts. Not just sell shirts. merchandise for this thing. So I just, should, just, uh, yeah, it's just a matter of sitting down, not overthinking it as yeah. a product. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> you see. Um, yeah, so let's give let's let's wrap this up with going around the table uh, and just start, sort of telling, um, you know, everyone that's out there overthinking, you know, their next film project, mainly with a phone, because I think the smartphone part that comes into this allows you to be a little less. This is a product. I think you what do you guys think? Do you, do you, I mean, I totally think that, obviously, that, hey, you're thinking about making a movie with your phone. Stop worrying about, you know, things that, uh, you know, a Hollywood production, you know, type of a thing. But uh, what do you guys want to share some some tips for our listeners? Jason, I'll start with you. Sure. Uh, well, I think for composers, um you need to use the tools and the colors that fit the story, you know, and it doesn't matter what it is. You know, you can bang metal trash cans and record that, you know, or you can, um, I, I did a score that was probably, it was a horror film a couple of years ago. That was, um, 50% of it. I, I created on my iPad because I have a synthesizer app on there that I just think is amazing. And, um, you know, the other half of it I wrote with guitars that I manipulate into sounding like synthesizers. So, um, you know, uh, sometimes it's good to have limitations, you know, kind of what Joey was saying a few minutes ago, uh, to set limitations upon yourself. You know, um, I think sometimes people suffer from having too many choices at their disposal when they're creating um you know like if you open up a daw music uh, software there's like a million little sounds and plugins and instruments Mm -hmm. at your disposal and it can be overwhelming actually 
So, but if you have, um, you know, a story that you're working towards, you just let that guide you. Um, and, uh, you make the sounds that the film is calling from you, um, to help you tell that story. And it could be anything. It could be, you know, recording things around your house or textures. Um, so. Awesome. Levi? I mean, so what's interesting is when uh, when I make a film on an iPhone, I don't care about the limitations. Um, and, and that's one of the things that I've loved about shooting on an iPhone is that um, I'm like, you know what? Like, even though this is not expected, um, I'm going to do this, you know, um, which I've loved. And what I, what I guess is interesting to me is that I'm intending for the next project to not be shot on an iPhone and that's, I th- think, partly why I'm struggling is because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling more limitations. So it's just interesting. That uh, is interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. I just, I feel there's a freedom with an iPhone because I feel like, to a certain degree, there's still a group, there's still a large group that doesn't take iPhone filmmaking seriously. And I love iPhone filmmaking. I, I love the freedom that it gives me i love that i that i that i can surprise people with what i can do with it you know um and that i can tell the story regardless you know of of other people's expectations um, you can inspire yourself yeah i inspire myself when i yeah. shoot on an iphone yeah whereas like i find when i'm shooting on something else i am more in my head yeah so so I mean, yeah, it's just not waiting for permission and just doing it. And I need to take my own advice and do that with the current project, you know? Awesome. Yeah. Um, Ryan. I think that um, anybody who has a, a smartphone and wants to go make a film should absolutely go and um, entertain that idea uh, and enjoy themselves while they do it. I also think, however, that if you want to be good at any of these art forms that we're speaking of, you've really got to do your homework, watch a lot of movies, watch a lot of old movies, you know, read books on how they did it. Um, you know, watch interviews. Uh, I, I do a lot of that when I'm working, I'm listening to interviews of people of writers about how their writing process or actors on their acting process. Um, and even while we sit here, I have Robert Rodriguez's book, uh, rebel without a crew. I'm currently reading George Malay's like autobiography. Like just always be studying, that um and then yeah go ahead and make make 10 15 short films just over and over grab your buddies make it um and you're, you get those mistakes out of the way joey yeah uh second that like i think the the freedom to create i think the the focus is that you got to just create your your films no matter how short you know 30 seconds 10 hours, it doesn't matter, right? As long as you tell the story that you what you want. And I think what I was saying earlier with the whole pick a goal, right? And everything else is the bonus. And I feel like that's like an easy way to help people that overthink. Because I know, you know, like somebody in our group, you know, Angela, she, she overthinks when she does her creative um, endeavors where, you know, it's like it has to check all the boxes. But if you could just think like, you know, I'm, I'm making this for myself. And if I make this for myself and I really love it and like two people online get to see it and they love it, I'm I'm forever grateful. Yeah. Right? And if, if it so happens, those two people, I don't know, one of them happens 
like, okay, I, I have this story. I'll just be really yeah. quick about it, right? So uh, a long, 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 long time ago, um, I I tried out for Power Rangers, <laughs> like back in oh, wow. two, the, 2000 oh, something, right? That's it's awesome. for, amazing. Yeah, really yeah so, so it's for Power Rangers, um, Power Rangers SPD. Well, um, I tried out, I didn't get the role, but back then there was this website called my5minutes.com where you upload your thing and people could down like download it through torrents you know your your videos or whatever so they could watch it so i put up my audition tape there and my audition tape what i did was i made a short like kind of power ranger like film it, it's not power rangers but you know something else like i made my own little superhero thing and cool. there's this dude in canada and he was a janitor or whatever and he at his like kung fu school and he said he saw that and he was like you know i i like i got this email like long time ago and it's like you know hey i saw what you did and i thought that was really cool i mean it wasn't the best and it's not like you're like the best actor best performer but that really inspired me to do what i really wanted to do and i want to mm. work in japan as a stunt person to work in like you know the the you know power rangers type of show right and i was mm -hmm. like cool yeah. man awesome Fast forward like 11, 13 years later, this guy went to become a stuntman and he did everything and eventually became like had like built up enough money and stuff to make his own production company. Wow. And then he hired me. And that's when I got <laughs> wow. like that's when I started working in Japan that's many, amazing. many years ago. So that's amazing. So I would tell people that because like ultimately for me, when it comes to filmmaking, I don't care. Like I don't ever want to go to Hollywood because that one person that I affected with my film already happened and I'm already satisfied for the rest of my life. Yeah. Right. And he's that still hiring so me until now. So it's like, well, I'm living in Hollywood. So screw you. It's <laughs> <laughs> hard, man. Yeah. I, I did stunt work over there for many years. And it's just, it's not. Yeah. No, I hear you. Oh man. See, and that's what it's all about, right? You can, it's, it's about inspiring yeah. other people. Right. With your yeah. with your art, with your work, with whatever you create. I mean, just walking about. Because there are life. other artists that inspired all of us. Like, yes, we're, exactly. I mean, I, I, I know for myself, I look back at the films that I saw growing up and that's why I'm a filmmaker, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know of anyone <laughs> just going to end this with A.I., and say <laughs> I don't know that anyone's ever going to look at something through A.I. and go, oh, that A.I., that artificial intelligence totally inspired me <laughs> to be an artist. Right. That's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, guys. Thank you for being uh, part of the panel again. This was great. Uh, say goodbye to our listeners. Bye, See you guys. next time. Two weeks. See you, yeah, time. see you in two weeks. Bye, guys. Don't Bye. send TikTok auditions. <laughs> Don't send TikTok auditions. <laughs> Study hard, grab your phone, make a movie. Study hard, yeah. <laughs> yeah.